Welcome to the podcast of the Renew Community. We strive to be a Jesus community who cares about the things Jesus cares about. This podcast was recorded at our last gathering. Teaching like this is how we worship together every other week. We look to the scriptures seeking to become more like Christ. We're glad you're listening. I'm really grateful just for the stories that we had an opportunity to hear uh, today. I feel like you all have already done such a fantastic job preaching um, about love. And so we come to this morning, the end of our Advent journey, uh, observing love. And love is one of those things in the church that we, we talk about a lot, but it's also something that I believe we really need to fall back in love with and have it spring fresh and new every day. And so if you have your Bibles, I want to ask you to open up to John chapter 1. This is the Christmas passage. This passage is something that when I look at commentaries, there is so much to unpack in this. There are shout-outs to Genesis. There are these beautiful pictures of the prophets and all these things sort of culminating in some of the most beautiful words ever penned about God and His relation towards us and His heart towards us. So I want to read it. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and through Him all things were made. Without Him, nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, And that life was the light of all mankind. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not, will not, will never overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John, and he came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light, the true light, that gives light to everyone, was coming into the world, and he was in the world. And though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. And yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. And the Word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. And we have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Merry Christmas. This has been such a rich season for us. Uh, when, When I think about... Uh, something that Lindsay talked about, a heritage of joy uh, with, her, with her picture. I believe last Sunday is one of those rings that we'll look back years from now and say that was a moment of joy that we started to see explode and grow. For those of you that weren't with us, it began with a cartwheel into a somersault followed by a backflip by Ben Pitson. Um, and it ended with confetti cannons going off. And we celebrated, not just in a fake way, but in one of the most authentic expressions 
and as Denise said, of practicing joy I've ever witnessed inside of the walls of a church. And my, my guess is it probably looked a lot closer to what happens in this gym when the Boys and Girls Club parties than what it does in most sanctuaries on Sunday morning. But I believe that that changed something in us. My hope and prayer is that that, that that taste of joy, that practice of joy that we experience will continue to be something that we chase after. Because God is good. And in the midst of all the stuff that we go through, we can continue to remember and rely on His goodness. And so I'm grateful for the way the artists have led us and the poets have led us and the musicians have led us in this season. And I'm sad to say that this morning we are wrapping up Advent, but we're wrapping it up with love. And I don't think it's by accident that we began 2018 with a challenge for all of Renew to fall in love with Jesus. Not more, not greater, but to fall in love with Him. And some of us are thinking, well, I already do love Jesus, but what does that mean? That we would just go bananas for the person, for who Jesus is. We kicked it off with this really exciting time of looking at what it meant to love God with all our heart, soul, and mind and strength. And we sort of ended it with this beautiful expression of practicing all throughout the time, but especially in the last few months, of how do we legitimately love our neighbors? And so this morning, we get to end 2018 with the story of God falling in love with us. The incarnation is the story of God loving us with His heart, His soul, His mind, and His strength. And it's the story of God loving His neighbor and His enemy. It's the story of heaven meeting earth. My friends, this is truly good news. That this surprising rescue plan of God not sending an army, a military general, or a powerful dictator, not sending a politician, or a society, or an idea to fix the world's symptoms and problems. The story of God entering into the mess to redeem the world from sin and death. It's the story that makes us do cartwheels in our hearts and dance like maniacs under confetti falling from the sky. It's the story that is made possible by the love of God. And it's a story that we are invited into as people that say that we love Him. And we can't love Him first. He has to love us first. We have to become people that accept this love. And the story of Christmas is radical because it first comes to the shepherds and to Mary and Joseph and the animals, to Herod and the wise men and the sheep and the dust mites in the hay. And it comes to us 2,000 years later. The beautiful picture of the birth of Jesus comes as a surprise. If I was God's PR guy, I wouldn't think about sending him to be born in a manger in this little tiny town that sort of sits in the shadow of this mighty powerhouse. I'd think Super Bowl ads. I would think incredible marketing schemes. But this is not what we expect. There was no palace, there was no fanfare, there was no monthly baby bump posts, no Instagram followers. He was born in a slaughterhouse town on the margins of the shadow of a political maniac, in a, of the shadow of a religious hub, and the shadow of military might. 
And I believe that the story has a word about love for us today. But it begins with this. God is not afraid of the dark. As a kid, I was afraid of the dark. Anyone else? Any other dark? Anyone still sleep with a nightlight? Sometimes I do. We have one in our bathroom. Uh, But this passage reminds me that God is not afraid of the dark. But for us, darkness has become a place where we have grown comfortable. We tend to want to hide in the dark. And so Jesus shows up on the scene, God's ultimate rescue plan in this beautiful picture of the idea of the light invading the darkness. Darkness is the story of sin and shame. It's a story that we see in the beginning of Genesis. When sin enters the picture, we hide, we experience shame, and shame forces us into the darkness. It makes us want to hide, and it names us and it leaves us for dead. But God comes to us in our darkness to shine the light on it, to heal us, to deliver us, and to rescue us from it. When I was a kid, there used to be this, the most terrifying statement in my entire life as a child growing up was this, wait till your father comes home. Anyone else ever experienced that state? Yeah, some of us. And it was truly terrifying. Uh, my dad couldn't rip arms off of, you know, grown men, and he just was larger than life. And so when I pushed my mom to the brink and she said, wait till your father comes home, it felt like I was on death row waiting the death sentence. And the dark world stands and waits for the angry father to come home. I have friends of mine who who were in abusive households growing up, and they would tell me the scariest time of the day was when dad came down the stairs, because that would dictate how the rest of the story would go that day. But my friends, when God comes down the stairs, when he enters into the darkness, he comes down with his arms wide open. He comes to greet us and meet us with love and life and freedom. He comes to us not because He's obligated to, but because He loves us. He comes to us because when He sees us, He can't help Himself but to come and draw near to us. And it breaks His heart when we choose to stay in the darkness. And many of us have this picture in our minds, and sometimes I think it might actually be deeper in our souls where we're waiting for God to come down from the stairs angry because he's sick and tired of, what, of who you are, of what you've done. But the truth is, I have not seen in Scripture, except for when he's yelling at the religious, self-righteous people of Jesus ever encountering someone and not meeting them with love. And even in those moments, he's meeting them with love, but this love is a calling saying, you forgot what love really looks like. That is good news. And that is the story of what happens because our God is not afraid of the dark. A few months ago, we began this discussion and this journey around the gospel and good news, and we started to talk about shame. And we noticed a ton of tears within this worshiping community because it seemed to hit a nerve and a chord. And so if we want to battle shame and the darkness that that brings, we must be reminded 
that we are loved. And Christmas, the, the incarnation, God coming to earth, is that reminder that God's love is bigger than our shame. I just want to pause a moment and pray because my sense is even in those moments where we start to see light coming into those dark places, we kind of want to hide. It's like when you've been asleep all day and someone opens up the curtains to see the light and you're like, shut it off, shut it off, shut it off. We do that with our hearts. But I just want to pause. I want to pray for us, myself included, who are battling the darkness in this season. Jesus, we love you. And you're not afraid of the dark, and you're not afraid of the darkness that's in me, but you are one who longs to set me free from it and set us free. Lord, I pray that as 2018 uh, goes into the history books, that 2019 would be brought with a freedom like we've never experienced before. That we will continue to see the story of shame and the narrative and the false narrative that shame continues to live over our life to come and meet its end. And that we would see your love shine through, transform and change us and change the stories in which we live. Amen. But the coming of the Christ child is this reminder the light shines in the darkness and the darkness will not, has not, will never overcome it. You cannot get far enough away from his light. God is not afraid of the dark. And my friends, I want to tell you this morning, you don't have to be either. And maybe what the world so desperately needs in this season and in, in, the, in the political climate and all the stuff that we see going on everywhere is a community that chooses love over fear. Maybe what they need to see is joy that spills outside of a place into the streets. Maybe what we need to see is a completely alternate way of living this kingdom of heaven that has radically invaded the darkness as it says in John this deeper magic that we just can't even wrap our arms around. But we, my friends, have been invited into this story. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. And this sentence just continues to rattle my brain. It continues to mess with my heart, and it also continues to bore me every Christmas season because I hear it over and over again. But this sentence is packed with truth and goodness, and this is why we celebrate. Because Jesus is a good neighbor. Jesus comes to earth, is this beautiful picture of God not staying hidden. He is not a recluse, unreachable, mysterious, unknowable, grumpy old man. But he makes himself known because he loves us. If we want to know who God is, we start looking at Jesus and we look at him hard and we see the way that he responds to people who are sick, who are hurting, who are longing, who are lonely. He continues to enter into their life and restore and heal them. To those who are in addiction, to those who are broken beyond belief, the beautiful thing about the gospel, it's not a story of our brokenness, but it's a story of God's redemption in spite of our brokenness and the calling out of our brokenness. Because Jesus is a really good neighbor. He's always got sugar when I need it. He's always got a glass of milk and an egg when I run out. And I love that what we hear in this is that when we think about what the prophet said, it said, you shall, call, you shall call him Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus has a middle name, and that middle name is with. Because the beautiful story of Christmas is that God is with us in this. That he came down from heaven through 
this beautiful, crazy thing of being born as a child in this podunk town to redeem us and to save us and to make us his own. That this mystery of God was made known. Show me someone who is broken and bruised and battered and struck in, and stuck in destructive ways and I'll show you a miracle in the waiting. Because that's how God in flesh, word made flesh, moving into the neighborhood responds to those around him. Jesus is a good neighbor and he sees us and he chooses to love us. And that love is unconditional. The fact that Jesus is God become flesh, I feel like the motto that the Trinity has, safety last. You know, when I was growing up, it was always safety first. But God's motto, safety last. Because he becomes flesh, flesh is such a loaded term that speaks to the person of God. Soft, wrinkly, touchable, vulnerable, killable, real, hands and feet. And I want to think about the fleshiness of the Christmas story. And we think about Jesus' story. Mary is a teenage mom, and she's safer nine months pregnant on a donkey heading to Bethlehem than she is in, the home, in her hometown of Nazareth. Joseph made up his mind to call off the marriage, and Jesus was a visit of an angel away without having a father. Her pregnancy status would most likely have gotten her killed or at worst abandoned at best. Mary is beside herself in the midst of all of this, but she finds this beautiful thing called hope because she believes what the angel said. They make it to the inn and they find out that it's full. Or maybe they're turned away because there's a wedding ring missing on Mary's hand. But the first people that find out this beautiful good news of the love of God invading the darkness are the ones that we recognize probably shouldn't have been the first to hear. It's you and me. It's the shepherd. It's the unfamous. It's those who aren't at the center of the spotlight. Christ seems to be really uncomfortable being at the center or in the spotlight. He's on the margins constantly. He's looking high and low for his people. Born on the outskirts of town, ministers on the outskirts of town, and dies on a cross on the outskirts of town. But it's on the outskirts that we find him calling and healing, rescuing, restoring, and reconciling people. Because our God is not a tourist passing through. He's God with us. And you don't fully know what it's like to actually live in, to, to, to understand a place until you've actually lived in a place, until you experience and the incarnation is the story of Jesus, God himself, fully experiencing the weight and what it is to be human. He understands what it's like to feel anxiety. He cried blood. He understands poverty. He was poor. He understands what it is to be misunderstood. Even his best friends and family did not get him. He understands what it's like to have family drama. His thought he was crazy. And he understands loneliness because he was left to die alone. He understands our hungers and our desires because he experienced these too. But God being a good neighbor is much more about, is more than us knowing about God. And it's the story of God knowing and loving and choosing us. We've been using this metaphor over Advent, this idea of the stairway to heaven. 
And what I appreciate is how this, this morning it culminates in the uncoming and the, and the folding and the coming of the Christ child. Because Christmas is the story of God coming down the stairs with his arms wide open to embrace us, to remind us that brokenness does not have the last word. His goodness does. You are a beloved child of God. You are loved by God. And so this morning, I want us to take a few minutes to practice love. When we see the way that God shows up on the scene and loves us well, there's this old tradition uh, that, that the Wesleys sort of invent. I don't know if they invented or just stole it, or maybe it happened all over, but it's this idea of a love, a love feast. And what it is, is it's an opportunity for us to, to just love one another well with words of affirmation. And so some of you are new with us this morning, or this is, you're, you're kind of visiting, you're thinking, this is really awkward and weird, and it is. I don't know what else to say. It's just going to be awkward and weird, but we're going to embrace the awkward and weirdness. But I believe this is an opportunity for us to practice love and to practice the incarnation this morning, to speak words of affirmation and love to each other and the people that are around us. And so here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give us permission to practice this just with the people next to me. There's some questions that I'm going to throw up, some prompts that I'll put up on the screen. And so it's, it's going to look something like this. Um, I can sort of turn to the people next to me and just recognize either maybe I have some specific things that I want to tell them. Uh, you know, like uh, my wife's not here, but I thank God for the way that my wife has been so encouraging in these last few months to my soul. And, I, you know, and she knows that, but, but that's, an, that's, that's an example um, I want to remind you that God is crazy about you. Like when he thinks of you, he just loses his mind because he's so excited that you're his kid. Or you have been a blessing to me and think about specific ways. Um, or if you're one of those people who's new and you're like, I don't know anybody, the person next to me, but you feel like you want to kind of branch out and, and try something crazy, then I want to encourage you to just think about maybe just a canned, generic uh, word of blessing. May you know that God loves you and that you do not have to be afraid. So here's what we're going to do. This is awkward. I get it. But we need to be a community that learns how to practice love. And part of that is just learning to hear affirmation and speak words of affirmation and words of love to one another. So I'm going to give us five minutes. I will set a timer. Siri, set clock for five minutes. Awesome. And when that's done... I'm going to close us in prayer. And I realize that this is super uncomfortable. But remember, those of you that are part of this community, find people in house church, find people that you know that you just sense the Lord just wants to speak to them. And here's the deal. This is what I believe will happen. In this moment, some of us will hear words of affirmation that we really need to hear this morning, and we're going to struggle to believe that they're true. But I give you permission to laugh at the devil and laugh at the lies that you're that you think you can believe and just accept what someone else is going to say to you. Listen well, brothers and sisters. So let us begin. Thank you for listening to the podcast of the Renew Community. This in no way should replace the formation within a community of Jesus followers. If you are looking for a church, would like more information about Renew, or would like to give financially to this ministry, check out our website at renewcommunity.org.